الحمدللہ شفا و سلام علی عباده الذین اصطفا صلی اللہ تبارک و تعالی علیہ و علی آلہ و اصحابہ و بارک و سلم تسلیما کثیرا کثیرا اما بعد فقد قال اللہ تبارک و تعالی فی القرآن المجید اعوذ باللہ من الشیطان الرجیم بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم یا ایوہ الذین آمنوا کتب علیکم السیام کما کتب علی الذین من قبلکم لعلکم تتقون وقال فی مکان آخر وحر الفساد فی البر والبحر بما كسبت عید الناس يذيقهم بعض الذي عملوا لعلهم يرجعون وقال في مكان آخر ومن يتق الله يجعل له مخرجا ويرزقه من حيث لا يحتسب صدق الله صدق الله المولانا العظيم وصدق رسوله النبي الحبيب الكريم ونحن على ذلك لمن الشاهدين والشاكرين والحمد لله رب العالمين وستستكرون ما يكرام الله سبحانه وتعالى out of his sheer grace and mercy has favored us once more with witnessing this blessed Mubarak month of Ramadan, the special month of Ramadan which comes just once a year in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala offers so many opportunities for us to get closer to Him, to reach out to Him and He is waiting to answer our du'as, He is waiting, he is waiting to envelop us in His mercy, in His forgiveness and eventually Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala promises our freedom from the fire of Jahannam and entry into Jannah. So such a Mubarak month Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us an opportunity once more to witness it. During this month of Ramadan, so many people passed away. They didn't know that they were, they were not going to see the culmination of this month. We also have no guarantee that we will see the next moment, let alone the end of this month of Ramadan. So generally what happens at this stage in the month of Ramadan, perhaps Monday or Tuesday, maybe Eid. So we are in that mode, mindset, all the shopping, the preparations, getting ready for Eid, etc. We to cram everything now in the last weekend. So the mind drifts away from the objective. And from the hadith of Rasulullah we understand that the main part of Ramadan is this part of Ramadan, the last 10 days of Ramadan. And on top of that, all the odd nights have already passed except one. One odd night is left only, tomorrow night. But if our mindset is already shifted to Eid, where are we going to buy the what's left, last things that they have to make at home, this thing, never buy this for the dessert, and never buy that for the cake, now we've got to figure out all that day, then we're going to lose the objective of this, most of the highlight of the month of Ramadan, that is his last few final moments of Ramadan. As we mentioned before this, many already passed away in this month of Ramadan, they, did not, they were not blessed to see the culmination. We make dua Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, give us, gives us the realization that it is not yet finished. This is the time when we need to turn more towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This part of the month of Ramadan, now the culmination of the month of Ramadan, we need to exert our energies more and turn more towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that, Ya Allah, if I have faltered, if I have um, made a mistake and haven't achieved what I was supposed to achieve in this previous weeks of this month of Ramadan, Ya Allah, you give me a chance, I'm coming back, I'm trying. Ya Allah, forgive me, Ya Allah. Forgive my family, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you free me from the fire of Jahannam. Enter me and give me the guarantee of entry into, into Jannah al-Firdaus. So we still have a chance. We have to conscientize ourselves, our families, that this is the main part of Ramadan. Let's get into some routine. If we're not as yet into a routine or we are slipping away, then let's make some program. Let's make some routine at home so that we don't lose out these final moments. I remember very clearly that coming to the end of Ramadan, especially on the last day of Ramadan, the Qadr that Hazrat Muhammad Harun Sallallahu had for the final month, final, uh, the month of Ramadan is own, that we know it has been spoken about. Mona Muhammad Sahib also mentioned about how Mona never used to want to talk to anybody. He's more, uh, primarily concentrating on his tilawat, not wanting to waste a moment. But particularly the last day of Ramadan, for example, like this Sunday, if you know that there is a possibility that 
the moon would be sighted after Maghrib. Then from Asr to Maghrib, Mona used to exert himself, sit, stay in the masjid, turn in to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in, in dua, exert himself in tilawat, etc. And he would value those last few moments and he would even say that we don't know whether we're going to get another chance. We don't know we're going to see another Ramadan. So we are at that final stage. We are coming to the end of Ramadan. We need to value these moments. We need to cherish these moments and we need to have qadr for, by, 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 by what we have heard throughout the, from before Ramadan and throughout of this great month, what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has promised us. We should think of that and keep our, our minds conscious for the final goal that we need. This is what we need to achieve. And if we haven't achieved it, then we still got a last bit left. We will try our best to achieve that, inshallah. My actual discussion, what I wanted to talk about was something that we had been discussing with our brothers that in Yatikaf. I thought it's relevant and we can share it with the Musallis also. We find that it's common, people have various types of complaints, complaining about financial grievances, things are bad, can't come out at the end of the month, trying so hard, always still falling short, no barakah in the risk, no barakah in, in what we're earning, sometimes two, three people earning at home, still can't come out, or complications in the family, children don't want to listen, husband and wife continuously at loggerheads with one another, problems in our, in our families, immediate and extended, and a whole host of problems, difficulties. And we find that when we are together sometimes, some functions, some gathering, a lot of the time goes in complaining about all these issues that are worrying us and troubling us. Ulama explained that there may be many events for these trials, these difficulties to come upon us, but one chief and primary cause for these difficulties to be beset by problems is guna and sin. When a person falls into guna, when a person falls into sin, then life becomes constrained for him. Life becomes difficult for him. And this is the ploy of shaitan that he puts forward a picture for us, fun, entertainment, amusement. But behind that fun, entertainment and amusement, there's a hook with a bait. And the bait is guna. Put one small sin forward, and then you'll nibble on that sin, you'll like it. Then a bigger bait comes, some other guna, something more enticing. And then eventually, you swallow the hook, and then you caught hook, line and sinker, and you fall into that trap of guna upon guna in the name of sin, in the, in the name of fun, in the name of some pastimes, until we are trapped in the gunas and we can't come out of it. So as we mentioned, the different grievances that people cry about and complain about, one is financial woes. Things are not working out. Now we understand that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has told us, وَمَنْ يَتَّقِ اللَّهَ يَجْعَلْ لَهُ مَخْرَجَ وَيَرْزُقْهُ مِنْ حَيْثُ لَا يَحْتَسِبُ A person who adopts taqwa, Allah ta'ala, make a way out for him, make everything easy for him, and Allah Ta'ala will give him sustenance from places where he cannot even imagine. So this is one part of the story. Just as obedience to Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, following the commandments of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, being in conformity to the sunnah of Rasulullah Sallallahu living a life of taqwa, living a life of taqwa and piety, this brings about barakah, brings about ease in our sustenance, brings about an abundance in in the gifts of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala towards us, there is a flip side of the coin also. The flip side of the coin is that Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam has told us that many a times, was to this effect that many a times, from his sustenance, from his risk, because of gunas that he is perpetrating, because of gunas that a person is carrying out, sins that he is falling into, he becomes deprived of his deprived of his, his risk, of his sustenance. So then the person is toiling morning to evening, he is trying his best, is making different, uh, 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 trying different strategies, and he's even trying to curtail his expenses, etc. But on the other hand, he's falling to guna after guna, guna after guna, breaking the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, disobeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is definitely going to have an, an, an adverse effect on his risk, on his rosy, on his sustenance. So, so ulama explained that amongst other causes, one cause of being deprived or having financial constraints is this falling into guna? The other common grievance, common problem that people generally complain about in their discussions, or we see it, complaints come, people can't get on. Children are not listening to their parents. So constant 
disobedience to parents, husband and wife, often for the most trivial things, fighting with one another, problems with the in-laws, daughter-in-law, with the mother-in-law and father-in-law, problems between brothers, problems between employer and employee, problems between um, uh, brothers and sisters, whole host of social issues. People can't get on as if the muhabbat and love in the heart is dwindling, dwindling to a certain extent that is almost becoming non-existent and non-existent and disappearing. Here also we understand that if our ta'alluq with our khaliq is right, if our ta'alluq with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is right, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes it such that our ta'alluq and our relationship with the makhluk also becomes right. We understand this also from the Sharif that when a person is obedient to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he lives a life of taqwa, he lives a life of, uh, of obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala begins to love this person. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala begins to love this person, then this has a ripple effect. The malaika also begin to love this person. When the malaika begin to love this person, then people also around him start to love him. There's love engendered towards this person. But conversely, if a person is living in the dis- disobedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he's constantly breaking the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he's always in sin, and he's always at war with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he does not, he, he does not maintain that same favor in the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then the malaika also begin to dislike this person, and then this has an effect on the people around him, and people also start to dislike him, they start to hate him. So this also a cause for this social strife, social problems, amongst other things, is gunas that a person falls into. A person is breaking the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, sampling the ahkam, sampling the, 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 the tenets of deen, not upholding the tenets of deen, then he is faced and he is beset with this whole host of problems. Yes, we agree and we understand that problems, trials, difficulties, they don't only affect, don't only fall on people that are sinful, they also fall on people that are pious. They fall upon the Ambiyari Muslim also experience problems in their lives. Sahaba also experience problems in their lives. But when a pious person, a person, you see, each person has to look into his own heart and see what his own condition is. If a person knows genuinely, and your heart will tell you, person knows genuinely, I'm trying my best, I'm living a life of piety, I'm trying to, I'm trying to uphold the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then if problems are coming upon me, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tests the pious, tests the pious to see how they will respond, whether they will, will, will respond with the correct way of making sabr and be happy with the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and then that is a means of elevating them. That is a means of elevation for the pious. Problems, difficulties, hardships coming on pious people, people who are fearing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and trying their best to maintain the ahkam of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when these problems come upon them, then this is a test from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to take them even closer to Him. But we shouldn't fool ourselves. We shouldn't fool ourselves and be deceived further by the trap of shaitan. One is that he already got us hooked. And now he's going to throw his net over us also. That I'm committing gunas, I'm living a carefree life, I'm doing everything that I want to do. And mashallah, everything is going well. I'm not experiencing any problems. Money is rolling in. Everyone is happy with me. So this is this is a this is a, 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 a deception from the side of Shaitan. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is giving us despite. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is giving us some leeway. He's not slapping the rope right then. You're making gunas, you're doing sins, you're living a life against the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know in your heart, each person will question himself, you know in your heart what line you are following, where you are heading. And if you are heading head on against the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, breaking His commands and faltering and still things are still good for you, you're not, you're not experiencing any difficulties financially, 
in society, etc., then this is a form of respite from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Respite for what? To take a U-turn and ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive me. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give me the tawfiq to change my life so that I live my life according to how you, how, what pleases Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But if a person takes this as nothing's wrong, everything is fine, I can carry on living this way, then it is possible that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will snap that rope of respite at the time when you least expect it and such a punishment will befall you that your mind will not even fathom where that punishment came from. So this is very dangerous. This is another very deceiving thing from the side of shaitan that he puts you into a... a, 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 a he bluffs you and makes you just think that no, everything is fine. You can on living a life of guna. Nothing is going to happen. No. When a person is at this point, then too a person should realize... No, I'm still going wrong. I need to turn around. I need to turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala before something worse happens to me. Before the rope is snapped and I fall into such destruction that I will not be able to come out of it. Worse than this, this is as far as the world goes. This is as far as our, 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 our worldly relations go. Finance, social standing. Worse when a person falls into guna, guna upon guna, what happens? The heart starts to get black. We understand from the Hadith Sharif also that as a person sins, a black spot forms on the heart. And those black spots continue forming on the heart until the heart becomes blackened. When the heart becomes blackened, then a person, the heart, the nourishment of the heart is obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, zikrullah, tilawat of Quran, itawat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, living a life of taqwa, piety. But now when the heart is being fed with gunas, then that heart is losing that nur, is losing that luster, <clears throat> it's becoming hard. It's on its, on its route to becoming hard, it's becoming blackened. Now this person, he is becoming miserable, he is becoming depressed, and he tries to find enjoyment and to come out of this depression in various different avenues, some entertainment, some holiday. But the moment he is back and into his routine, then he is deeper in the hole again. He is more depressed, he is more sad. Why? Because this gunas, these sins have a direct impact on the heart. Taking it further, as the heart becomes more blackened, the heart becomes harder until it reaches a point where the heart becomes extremely hard and then that tawfiq that is there in the heart, that luster and nur and that ability to discern between right and wrong is extracted from the heart. person is living such a life of guna, so much of guna is perpetrating day and night that now his heart can't tell him and guide him towards what is right and what is wrong. He will only be running towards the wrong. Now when you invite this person to some function, to some party where haram is taking place, there's intermingling, music is taking, is being blasted, Allah forbid, intoxicants are being he'll easily go and his heart will be happy to go there. But now call this person and tell him, come for namaz to the masjid or come sit for this little program, 15 minutes, some advices that are being given. He'll be uneasy. He will be like a fish out of water. He will be restless. Why? Because this nur from his heart is now vanishing. It has vanished, rather. That ability to discern between right and wrong, that pull that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala creates in the heart, that, that voice that tells you at the back of the head that I'm going there, this is wrong, this is not right, this is going to make my Allah unhappy, that goes away. Then every wrong that beckons him will be running headlong into that wrong, running headlong into that guna. So if this is the condition of a person when he's steep into guna and he's living a life of sin, then what is the solution? There's only one solution. The solution is taqwa. is to create the awareness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to recognize that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is watching me at every juncture, that my Allah knows everything that I'm doing. To create this taqwa, that is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blesses us with occasions like this month of Ramadan. Ya ayyuhal ladheena amanu kutiba alaykum usiyamu kama kutiba ala ladheena min qablikum la'allakum tattakoon. The object of the month of Ramadan is to inculcate taqwa in our hearts. So these are occasions where a person is supposed to be turning, as we mentioned in the beginning, a person should be turning towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, begging Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's forgiveness, begging Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala 
to soften our hearts, to change our hearts, to bring our hearts in the right direction. But together with this, that is the aspect of these occasions where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is pouring down opportunities upon us to come close to Him. Ulama explained there are certain adjustments that a person has to make in his life also. Important adjustments in order to come out of this type of shaitan and of sin. For example, if a person knows that certain items, certain things are going to, or, or, or frequenting certain places, is going to take him more closer and more deeper into guna, then he needs to detach himself from that. If a person knows that by remaining on the social media platforms, on the phone, it's going to take me, I'm, I'm already stuck in illicit relationships. I'm already talking to now Mahram, sharing haram photos, doing all these things here. And if I'm going to stick on those, stay on those platforms, it's going to take me deeper inside, take me closer to my destruction, then I need to delete all those apps from my phone. I need to take out all those social media, deregister myself from the social media platform and come out of it. If I know that that smartphone is going to be making me stupid by getting me tangled in a web of pornography, when I'm sitting alone in my room, nobody is watching me, or the wife is sleeping in the bed, this is real, real scenarios that we hear about happening. The wife is sleeping in the bed, you're sitting in another room, and you're stuck on that pornography on that phone. If you know that that smartphone is making you stupid, then get rid of that smartphone because it's taking you deeper into the hole of guna and deeper into the trap of shaitan. That's the first thing. The second thing is, if the, if the company that you are keeping is taking you towards, is beckoning you towards every wrong, then you have to disassociate, disassociate yourself from that company. teaches that also that a person should be wary of the company that he chooses. A person is on the creed of his friend. Friends and companions and and, uh, 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 the company that a person keeps, a person tends to follow that flow due to peer pressure and other reasons and he goes to the flow and he falls into a whole host of vices if the company that he's keeping is wrong. So if a co- person's company is wrong, then he has to move away from that company. He has to detach himself from the company. The people, the, the, those youngsters in a time in, that I mentioned in Surah Kaf, when they saw that society was beckoning them, the king and the environment was beckoning them towards haram, Towards the disobedience of Allah's mother, towards shaykh, etc. What did they do? They disassociated themselves and they went away into the cave. So if we fear that the company is going to take us off track, then we have to get away from the company. And this smartphone features in both categories. The first category and the second category also. Because company now is not limited to human interaction. Company is also in the form of that phone. As we mentioned, the social media platforms, etc. So this, this smartphone features in many avenues of taking a person towards guna. So here also... Though a person not, might not be sitting one-on-one with a human companionship, but that company that is keeping on the phone is taking him towards wrong, taking him, beckoning him towards haram, he should cut this out from his life also. And then a person should try and spend time with those whose hearts are connected with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The real awliya Allah who have recognized Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, who have the fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in their lives, and whose lives are a mirror of the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi practically, not just theoretically. When you see the person, you see he's an embodiment of the sunnah of Rasulullah We need to latch on to people like this. Spend time with them, take their advices, and then take their guidance and spend more time in the zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, in tilawat of Quran and Majid, in all those things that will bring back the luster of the heart, bring back the nur in the heart, so that a person will now start becoming inclined towards the obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and disinclined from the disobedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Thank you.